Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper, and we are on day 10 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. We're learning that to change your whole life, it begins by changing the individual aspects of who you are. Last time I challenged us to rethink our thinking, to set our minds on things above, as Paul tells us in Colossians 3.2. Now, according to Dallas Willard and Renovation of the Heart, our mind is comprised of both our thoughts and our feelings. So to love the Lord our God with all our minds means learning to love God with our thoughts and our emotions as well. And this is absolutely critical to the spiritual journey because as we shared before from Pete Scazzaro, we can't be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And to be emotionally mature, we must start by being emotionally aware. So let's talk about our emotions today and let's begin by doing a quick emotional inventory. My wife's a mental health therapist, which means I'm constantly being psychoanalyzed at home, whether I want to or not. And one of the easy ways that she invites people to do emotional inventories is to do what she calls the five-finger check-in. Five-finger check-in. To do this, simply ask yourself, what's making me mad, glad, sad, afraid, or ashamed? Right now, mad, glad, sad, afraid, ashamed. You might be feeling all five of those things in some way, or you might just be feeling one of those individually or maybe something that kind of goes beyond those kind of broad categories of your emotions. But simply naming an emotion, and I'd like for you to really think about that right now. What are you feeling right now? Simply naming an emotion can bring us freedom from its destructive grip if it's a negative or unhealthy emotion. Some Christian psychologists would say that what you name, you can tame by God's grace. What you name, you can can tame. So what are you feeling right now? What name, what identification would you give it? One of the greatest insights I've ever heard about our relationship to our emotions, unsurprisingly, comes from Dallas Willard. He says, our feelings are good servants but bad masters. Just consider that for a moment. Our feelings are good servants, but bad masters. What do you think he means? Feelings, I believe, in Willard's understanding, they they can serve us well when they indicate for us what we are experiencing internally that we might not have awareness of, just like indicator lights or functions in our car's dashboards would do. But if we aren't aware that we are angry or maybe being aggressive or hurtful or or sad, there's a strong chance that someone else is aware of this and is on the receiving end of emotional projections that we would never consciously intend. 
feelings can point us to ways God might be inviting us actually to draw closer to him. Or some of our feelings, when they're good servants, might be used by him to enable us to be more compassionate or empathetic with those who are hurting, to those who are lost. To love God and to love others, then, requires the wise use and stewardship of emotional love. So our feelings, when they are in their proper place, are good servants. The latter half of Willard's statement rings all too true. Feelings are bad masters. When we allow our feelings to steer the course and the direction of our lives, they ultimately take us to pain, even if the route by which we get to that pain involves some pleasure, which it normally begins with pleasure, but we don't see the other side of those temporary pleasures is almost often some type of even greater pain. People who allow their emotions to rule the roost are not only hurtful to others, but often extremely hurtful to themselves. Yet, We live in a world in which we're almost instinctively taught to yield to our emotions. Yield to your emotions. Yielding to our emotions almost always redirects us away from God and toward the self-absorption that is so hurtful to ourselves and others. So what can we do to ensure our emotions do not become our masters? And I believe probably one of the greatest reasons why we are experiencing spiritual unfreedom is because we are allowing our negative emotions to be our masters. So what can we do to overcome that? Well, first, I'd suggest that especially amidst such hard times like we've been living through in the polarization of this pandemic, the first thing we can do is just to show ourselves, to show yourself grace. Chances are you've probably allowed your emotions to be your master at some point. So don't beat yourself up over that too long. We've almost all been there. And if you're like me, you've probably hit some pretty low lows, maybe lower lows than you've ever felt before. So don't kick yourself even harder when you're down. Secondly, learn how to manage and redirect the negative emotions when they do come and they will come. They say energy is neither created nor destroyed, and I believe this is just as true for emotional energy. We can't just make it go away, but I believe God still provides outlets for us to direct that negative emotional energy in healthier ways than just binge eating or drinking or streaming or whatever your kind of outlet escape tactic coping method that's not healthy is. So quick question for you. If a pastor is going to do something that they shouldn't do, look at something they shouldn't look at, give in to temptation when they should resist, what day of the week do you think a pastor is most likely to stoop to some level of sin? Studies have shown it's Sunday. Sunday, typically Sunday, late afternoon or evening, because after preaching or being in front of a group of people, you can be on a total emotional high. And after that emotional high begins to wear off, you start to emotionally plummet. You emotionally 
crash. You're in an emotional free fall. And in that free fall before that crash landing is often when I believe the enemy loves to attack us most. So what counselors suggest that pastors do, especially on Sunday afternoons, is sweat. That's right. Sweat sounds so holy and spiritual, but sweating from either exercise or manual labor or whatever can recalibrate us so that our emotions are far more balanced out. We experience way more emotional equilibrium. And what this principle teaches, as I've heard author Eugene Peterson write about as well, is that we can act our way into new modes of feeling. We can, through bodily activity and what we fill our thoughts with, act ourselves into new ways of feeling. Why? Because as people, every aspect of who we are is connected to each other. In other words, our bodies are connected to our emotions. And so if our emotions are not the what we would want them to be, actually doing physical things can reshape what we're feeling emotionally so that we do not allow our emotions to become our masters. So what might you do physically to change the way you might be feeling emotionally? The key practices for me to both positively influence myself emotionally and redirect my emotions when they attempt to negatively master me are things like meditating on scripture, running, being out in nature, away from screens, and then often doing proactive work. The enemy loves to try and back us into corners of reactivity. But I believe consciously choosing positive, proactive work, doing things that you know you should do even when you don't feel like it, like perhaps launching a podcast, can be a subversive act of emotional transformation. Another positive emotional redirection for me is playing music. During the pandemic, I started keeping my acoustic guitar in our kitchen so I can channel negative energy that I might bring home uh, towards something positive, toward making something fun and good and beautiful. Over Christmas, we actually purchased a five uh, drum set for our five-year-old Dallas, and already he's starting to learn that if he goes to the basement and bangs on the drums for two minutes when he's feeling angry, he starts feeling a lot better, channeling that energy through something physically. Now, secretly, I bought those drums for myself because channeling that restless energy through the crashing of cymbals and the banging of snare drums and toms really helps me. But the most important practice of all for me to redirect negative emotions is prayer. I most often have to write out what I'm feeling, but getting it out physically on paper through handwriting and channeling that to God as prayer turns those negative emotions often into spiritual consolations for me. I connect to God in prayer through what I'm feeling. God uses those emotions as gateways to entering into his holy, good, loving, gracious, peaceful presence. And as I step into his presence, the negative chains that attempt to bind and master me are broken. So let's go back to that emotional check-in. Name what you are feeling right now. But don't stop there. 
pray what you're feeling. Ask God through the Spirit's empowering presence to transform your inner emotional life right now that he might shape it for his greater praise and glory. And he can. Let's ask God that he would right this very moment. So bring before the Lord right now what you're feeling. Try a moment to be still before him, as Psalm 4610 tells us, and know that he is God. Stillness before God brings stability out of chaos. Let's first be still before him. Sense his presence. Enter into his unhurried pace. Experience his peace washing over you and through you right now. Take a moment to name and hold before the Lord what you are feeling almost like you aren't offering a sacrifice before the altar of the Lord. And now imagine and believe that God sees that. And God loves you. And he says, thank you to, for coming to me while you are weary and carrying this heavy burden. And I will give you rest. Ask for that rest right now. Ask for that emotional rest. And so, Lord, for my friends listening right now, praying right now, I pray that you bring them freedom from the, the grip of the negative emotions that the enemy tries to bind us by. Break those chains and help us to walk in the joy and the peace and the love that you extend to us in your presence right this very moment. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray all these things. Amen. Thanks for joining Getting Heaven in the People. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it or maybe listen to it with a friend and uh, rate it, review it, whatever. We would love for you to help us spread the word uh, so that we as the church would not just be about getting people into heaven, but getting heaven in the people. And as that occurs, we believe more and more people will discover life in the kingdom of God that is with us now because God is here. We love you guys and we hope to see you next time.